Welcome into this Five Clubs Conversation, a PGA Championship preview. Myself, Brendan DeYoung, Taylor Zarzer, and Johnson Wagner. We go four wide for the first time in the history of Five Clubs. That's coming up right now. Today's Five Clubs conversation is brought to you by Golf Pride. Golf Pride knows that a grip isn't only a grip. It's the one piece of equipment in your hands on every single shot. You might not know it, but it has a huge impact on your game. In fact, Golf Pride recently conducted a first-of-its-kind study showing the impact of worn versus new grips. It showed that on average, a focused group of adept golfers gained an extra two yards of carry when they played with new grips. So what are you waiting for? Refresh your grips. Refresh your game. Visit GolfPride.com today to learn more. Golf Pride. Respect the grip. Boys, look at this. We've added. Now, our numbers for the Masters preview were through the roof. I was I think here for they're, that. They're yeah. going higher. No, you weren't. Oh, I thought the Masters it was. preview. Well, I was here for one. Oh, the, the season, season preview. preview. Yes. I was here for that, one of those. That was yes. the lowest rated one so far. <laughs> I like how Wax doesn't have any notes and he's trying to steal uh, from everybody else's. How come the real golfers are over here or we're over here? I, I don't know. Oh. I, I, this, is, this is a very, I mean, I feel like I'm back doing studio work yeah. like you do now. It, it, it feels better than that, actually. Got four of you. We're going to have great conversations about the PGA and golf in general. This is going to be great. It is. Um, the PGA Championship, okay, first of all, when they moved to May, were you for it before, and are you for it now? Yes and yes. Um, I loved having it in August and it being the final major. There was a lot of drama around it. But knowing television the way that the two of us do, I know that May is a more viewed month than August is, and you're, you're out of the way of football. People are starting to watch, even though it's preseason. Please watch the Carolina Panthers this season, yes. by the way. Um, I know that there's football going on in August and there's other distractions. May is just a, a bigger month for sports. And so to get the PGA Championship in the month of May, I thought overall for golf to have the players in March and then to have the four majors in each of the consecutive months following was a good move. And I'm still for it. I don't know that I'm uh, ready to put on a oh, jacket yes, in are. Rochester, but, uh, you know, and, and listen, I think it's great that they kept their commitment to Rochester because they gave them this date when the tournament was still in August. And this has tr traditionally been a great venue, not only for the PGA Championship, but for the U.S. Open and for the Ryder Cup. So I'm excited to be there. Um, as players, I know you guys were on the back end of it, but, but did you like August and were you for May? I didn't like August because I felt like it got kind of muddled in with the FedEx Cup. And then as Taylor was saying, you starting into football. I, I like that fact now with May, you've obviously got the players in March, Augusta in April, PGA in May, uh, US Open June, British Open July, and then into the FedEx Cup. And I yep. think it just, it just makes perfect sense, that big event each month. For the venues as well, I, I think Oak Hill's going to be awesome. It's going to be cold, but it's going to be great. Uh, I remember watching in August... Where was it? Baltusrol, Jimmy Walker year. They finished on a Monday. I think uh, even Phil's year he won at Baltusrol, finished on a Monday. I think yeah. August brought so many thunderstorms. Mm -hmm. Couldn't get the golf. The golf courses in the New York area were just 
that's the worst time of so year to be there. So much fatigue by that month. And, and I played in 12 at Kiowa, and it was brutally hot, humid, didn't really want to be outside. And then you look at Kiowa most recently when Phil won, and, and it was incredible weather. The course played firm and fast, and they had some nice cool wind and great crowd. So I think the May date, it's given them more of an identity, and it's going to be fun going forward. Like, where are they going to choose to go play? Yeah, are you I, going to be the contrarian here? No, no, I love it. I loved it before. Uh when I knew that it was going to happen, August is August was awful. Um, it it was dangerous. The, the, you know, no matter where you went, you had issues with weather. I understand. Like we're going to be. I'm looking forward to four layers uh, next week. Uh, and I, I I heard you this morning talking about the 10 day forecast. I've never looked at more 10 day forecasts than I have for Rochester. Like 30 days out. But, but the other thing is, look, they're going to take it to Frisco starting in 27, which is home now for the PGA of America. It opens up the Southwest. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that really, with the exception of maybe, you know, the, the Western New York, um, you, like, are they going to go back to Rochester in May? Do you roll the dice again? Probably not. No, I mean, I think you'll see USGA events there, yes. like the US Amateur and, and others, which it's already scheduled for a US Amateur coming up in a couple of years. But yeah, chances are the PGA Championship will not be back there. But I like what you where you were just going. The PGA Championship has used a lot of sites that used to be US Open sites. I think over the course of the next 20 years, we get to see some new locations. And I think the PGA Championship could separate itself with a new identity with new golf courses in the future. Yeah, you know, last year when we were at Southern Hills, people are going, oh, Southern Hills. And first of all, again, it was August usually. It was so stifling hot in Tulsa. I loved it. I love what Gil did to the golf course. I think it's a great American country club. You played Oak Hill in 13. I spoke to Andrew Green yesterday. He gave me some details on this stuff that he's done. I'd recommend everybody. There's a great YouTube video uh, out there. It's about 15 minutes long, kind of you know, a capsule of what in his what he and his team did up there. What do you remember about that week in 13? I remember it being a great A to B golf course, point A to point B. And and if you look at your your past champion list, the guys that have won there, the most recent Curtis Strange, obviously not a bomber, not going to overpower a golf course. Sean McKeel. Same deal. Um, Jason Duffner, great ball strikers, but not overpowering a golf course. And I do remember that there were a lot of holes where everyone was playing from the same spot, kind of took driver out of your hand, even a couple of the par fives. Um, Great set of par threes. I do remember that. Um, And then they had that creek that they used wonderfully that wound in and out of the mostly the front nine. Nine of the 18 holes, the Allen Creek is is part of the design feature of those holes i i think it has sneaky like good history middle coffin 56 trevino you can say oh come on you knew about him afterwards when he wanted to he finished fifth in the u.s open in 67 when jack won jack won the pga there in 1980 a Ryder cup in 95 i think oak hill has sneaky good history well the Ryder cup is the first thing i think about yeah. in 1995 i mean that was really the beginning of the Europeans, the Europe of Europe's dominance over a 20 plus year span. I realized they had won before that, but you look at 95 and what they did afterwards, and it really felt like game on. And that that's kind of the moment to me where obviously Curtis Strange has some great history there, but he also has some moments he'd like to forget in the Ryder Cup. That's the first thing I think about when I think about Oak Hill. Yeah, uh, you know, first of all, in '95. Where were you in 95? I was in New York. I was living in, my dad was a professor at West Point, and we 
I remember watching every minute of that. I did not go to the event, but that the first Ryder Cup I remember watching was 93 at the Belfry, and then 95, I, I was completely glued to every shot. Yeah, Phil's rookie maiden voyage, he was playing Peril Rick Johansson, his college teammate, and he was on the back end of that singles draw. I remember a couple of things about that like you do. Jay Haas popping up his tee shot against Philip Walton. Oh, my God. I think it went like 175 yards off the tee when he is in a do-or-die match. And then Curtis failing on the 18th hole and Lanny Watkins being on his walkie-talkie back in the fairway. I don't know what he said. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> if we can know what he said. Exactly. Um, like, I, I, your, your thoughts about Oak Hill not having any real personal history what do you think of what's first blush thought? Well, we played back on the nationwide tour now, Corn Ferry. We played right across the street at Arondacoy. Brendan actually is a past champ of that event. And of course we would, he is. The Oak Hill was incredible. They let us come over and play. So my caddy and I went over and played and, and just had a wonderful day. I think it's been renovated now twice since I was there. But I just remember walking onto that property and just being, you know, when you're a young professional and you go to a venue like an Oak Hill or a Shinnecock or an Oakmont, you're kind of blown away by the history and, and like I said I watched that whole Ryder Cup in 95 and so I just I'm getting chills now thinking about it but you go to a venue like that and it just it just you start thinking about all the things you've seen on TV and major championships before and Brad Faxon recently he said that when you use the word oak you think toughest golf courses major championship venues would you guys agree with that based on your experience there Oakmont Oakland Hills Oak Hill I've never played Oakmont. Oakland Hills is tough. That's hard. Um, and Oak Hill as well. Yeah, I, I fully agree with that. It makes perfect sense. I played the 07 U.S. Open at Oakmont and then the 08 PGA at Oakland Hills. And yes, that is, that's a great point. Oak is synonymous with tough major championship <laughs> tests. You know, they, they've taken some trees out, but it's not a congressional blue just evisceration of every all the timber on the property. It's not like Oakmont. But Andrew was sharing with me that they, they have done some strategic tree removal, that there was, you know, whether it was Robert Trent Jones or it was the Fazios, that there was too much planting of, t of too many trees, and that that creek you're talking about, which really should be more, not so much that it's central to each hole, but it's more of a thought, and optically, it's much more visible now than it was prior to doing uh, the renovations. Now, here's the thing. We had a lot of conversations before the Masters, and when we did our preview for the Masters, we did a little bit on the live guys. And you know what we all did? We went, I don't know. If we had to pick one guy, we'd probably say, eh, maybe Kepka or Reed or, okay. Now we have to do what I think is a total recalibration yeah. of, of the field. Then what about the live guys? Well, I, and you're right that I don't think that people were giving them enough attention going into the Masters. And I would say that that has become one of the biggest, if not the biggest, stories going into the PGA Championship, especially with what we're about to address with Jordan Spieth's wrist injury. I thought that would be the biggest story going in, his best chance to complete the career Grand Slam, which I believe to be true before this injury popped up. Now it's, could a Brooks Kepka or a Patrick Reed or someone else that's currently playing on that circuit win a major championship in Rochester? And I think that there's another story that could come off of that, and that is, could Brooks Kepka have a legitimate chance to make it to Italy and play on the Ryder Cup team? 
I don't think there's any chance that Patrick Reed or Phil Mickelson would be on that team Agreed. for obvious reasons. But I do think that Brooks Kepka still has enough goodwill with a bunch of players on that team. And he certainly has still maintained a friendship with a lot of those guys down in South Florida that if he played well, I believe Zach Johnson would strongly consider him. All right, let, let's start with that. Let's start with the Kepka angle and his road to Rome. Is there one? I don't. I, if he qualifies for the team, I, I certainly don't see him being a captain's pick. Okay, he would have to do something beyond extraordinary in the majors in order to, to be an automatic qualifier, right. to be in the top six. So that's not likely to happen. So let's go to his scenario. Do you think there is enough goodwill and good vibes for him to get a nod? Absolutely not. Okay. Yes. You do? I do. I really do. I mean, I think ultimately you want to win the Ryder Cup. Pick your best guys. And I do. I don't feel like he's burnt bridges. I feel like he's he's said all the right things. And yes, I do. I think there is a chance that he could get picked. You know what's interesting? A couple things about him. And he's on the other side. When he played with Rory, you tell me what you thought when he played a practice round with Rory. I thought that was a very visible branch of, hey, hey, man. If, if the door's ever ajar again when it comes to where you play your golf, I just want you to know, as the guy who's been the face of this whole thing, I'm going to show everybody that there is something there. The other thing is this. When you start looking at the Ryder Cup team, I think they're 10 locks myself. The other two, totally up in the air. Well, that's part of the reason why I think there is a chance that he could make the team, and it's based off of what you just said is, Given where he plays golf in South Florida, primarily at the Grove 23, which is owned by Michael Jordan, there are some other PGA Tour guys there. And I haven't had a lot of experience down there at that place, but in the limited amount I have had, I've seen him there interacting with other PGA Tour guys. And clearly there's no friction between those guys. So I think there could be a roadmap. And I think you're also right about Rory. He still has maintained a friendship with Rory. Rory has talked about that a couple of different times. So... Um, Johnson's probably right. Unless he plays extremely well, then I don't think it's likely that Zach Johnson would want to go down that road because it would be a huge story and a massive distraction, which I don't want to speak for you is probably the reason you don't think it would happen. Exactly right. But, But if he finishes in the top five in the PGA Championship after finishing second in the Masters, I think there is going to be some pressure on Zach to say, hey, look, we don't have an obvious 11th or 12th choice if we want to go win on European soil for the first time in 30 years, this guy needs to be on the team. I just think that the U.S. team is so strong. The, the nucleus of guys that won at Whistling Straits and then at Quail Hollow here, the President's Cup team, they don't need him. Mm-hmm. They don't need the distraction. It is going to be too big of a deal, and I just don't see any scenario unless, I mean, he would have to go win at least one of them, I think, to be considered. For Maybe You may be right. You may be right. It's interesting, though, Brendan, that he says they don't need him. They had Phil and Tiger for two decades and couldn't win on the road. And that dynamic was weird. It was never, it was never, it was never copacetic. They, they didn't have good vibes. It felt like he was on one side of the locker room, the other guy was in the other side of the locker room. If, okay, you think there's a scenario for Kepka? Is there anybody else? Forget the automatic qualification. That, that's most likely not going to happen for anybody. They probably would have to win two majors to get into the top six, not playing any other events that are that are qualifying opportunities is there anybody else is dj if dj jumped up and won a major 
Would he enter the conversation and make it plausible like you think it is for Kepka? I think DJ would be the only one. I mean, let's be honest. Patrick Reed, even if he was playing on the Not PGA a chance tour, in hell. He's never going to get a captain's pick, right? <laughs> I mean, he could be playing anywhere. Um, Johnson Did- loves that. <laughs> Knowing that's true, that he loves that. Oh, absolutely. I love that. Um, yeah, DJ would be the only one. And yes, again, I think it would take him having to win one of these next three majors to, okay. to get that consideration. So you don't, you don't think anybody... Like, I think if one of them goes out and if Brooks or DJ, I agree, those are the only two guys. Like, mm-hmm. you're not picking DeChambeau. And DJ hasn't done enough to even remotely be good enough to make that team. I, I think they would have to, have to win a major to even be considered. Mm-hmm. Didn't he win, like, Live Bedminster or something? I don't know. Didn't he win he, something? He won a live event. Yeah, you're talking August. What time did it come on? Um, <laughs> I, I do think that Brendan's right about DJ hasn't been nearly as locked in, maybe, as a, as a Kepka or a Reed has been so far this year. Going back to your original question about contention at Rochester, I expect Brooks Kepka to be a factor there. Interesting. A hundred percent agree. I mean, what the way he showed up at Augusta, I think he's going to be extremely motivated. Not that I'm going to pay attention to the week in Tulsa this upcoming weekend, but it'd be interesting to see how he plays. I may, I may, I may follow just to see how Brooks plays. You there. know, it, it's interesting. In 2013, Brooks finished tied for 70th, so he was, you know, but he made the cut, and that was at the beginning of his career. You know, who he played with on the weekend. He played with Tiger on on Saturday. Um, and, and held his own. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were, again, they were both kind of on the back end of the field. You guys, and I, listen, I'm with you that, that, that one or two of these guys, there's, there's no reason to believe that they shouldn't be in the middle of it. But I, I will say this, Kepka almost won the Masters in 2019. Phil obviously has as good a record as anybody outside of Tiger in the last 30 years there. Reed is a past winner. Cam Smith has always played well there. There is a familiarity that all those guys had with the Augusta National. A lot of intellectual, you know, understanding of, of how to play the golf course. Oak Hill is not the same thing. But you still believe those guys can and likely are going to be a factor, a couple of them anyway. Well, and not to keep beating Kepka over our heads, yeah. but I do. I, I, I expect him to be a factor, and you just gave the, the roadmap to why a couple others could be in contention. Uh, I think... Dustin Johnson is going to have to show some some sort of form for me to believe that. Taylor Gooch, I think, is in the is he in the PGA yes. Championship? He's we know he's not in the U.S. Open. Phil Mickelson, I believe, is live tweeting about that as we're speaking. <laughs> but uh, he's been playing great golf so far in 2023. So maybe he's another guy that that could be a factor. Look, I, I do like this. I like the fact that by the time the PGA Championship starts. We're talking about one of the best fields in all of golf, no matter what circuit they're playing on. And I think it's great to have all the best players in the same place. I think it's just, it, you know, I think I speak for almost everybody. It's unfortunate that this new league is, it has uh, come to, to establish itself, I guess, in the last year plus, and that all the best players aren't playing in the same place. It makes the majors even more special when they are all together. Okay, so let me ask you one other thing about the whole live dynamic. I, I thought, and, and I was wrong about this, that if any of their guys contended that their media apparatus would have been completely unhinged with capitalizing on that, they were very respectful to Augusta they National. Yeah. Will they be the same to the PGA of America and Oak Hill? No. 
I don't think so. Okay. And I think it's going to be a little bit of back and forth because I don't think that crowd's going to give them a whole lot of respect either. You're dealing with a New York crowd up there. They're going to hear some very interesting things. And if one of those guys does happen to win this tournament, it might be a little bit of a give it back to the crowd. You agree with that? I, I hadn't really thought about that since, but everybody, I mean, obviously, Augusta, the patrons, you have to be so You're very insulated they're, there. They're, it is going to be the only, I mean, Rochester's a little more tame than yeah, Beth Page, sure. but yeah, it is a New York crowd, and uh, I'm happy I'm going to get to be there to watch it. Yeah, I mean, we're close to Buffalo. We know Buffalo's behavior when it comes to sports. I mean, that's a, that is a great point that you make, and I do think that Phil Mickelson in particular will be peppered with questions by the media, and Patrick Reed will be peppered by comments from the gallery. So, I mean, those are, that is absolutely going to happen. So, look, you've got a lot of responsibilities Tuesday and Wednesday talking to players. Unlike the Masters, where Cam Smith did speak yeah. pre-Masters, and, and he's such a affable guy that, and, and look, I, I think they're very particular about who they put in that room. Phil apparently declined that opportunity before I was in the room when he finished second afterwards. And it was very, as it was going to be, the, the PGA of America, will they have any live guys, a couple of whom are past champions, on the pre-tournament presser list? I'm sure they'll invite a few. I don't think Phil Mickelson will do it. You say he will say... I think no he'll do out. it. Yeah, I, I think that he has made it clear that he has a huge issue with the, the media and the way that they're portraying his transition to live golf. I have a huge issue with Phil Mickelson and the way he's handled himself. And I think a lot of other people, not just the media, but the public does too. And I think Phil recognizes that and he doesn't want to answer the obvious questions that we want to ask him. So I can't imagine that he would say yes to that, but I could see a Brooks Kepka saying yes, or a Dustin Johnson saying yes. Dustin's never going to give you anything anyway, and he's totally comfortable not giving you anything. Yeah. So I could see one of those guys doing it. Uh, I, that wouldn't surprise me. Is it is a not a past champion, and to what you just said, don't see DJ on the list. Be interesting. Look, Brooks Kepka has won a PGA Championship in the state of New York uh, in his pre-tournament presser at Bethpage in 2019, and I was in the room when he broke down who could beat him, and it came down to a dozen guys, mm. and then he went out and shot 63 on Thursday playing with Tiger. It was one of the greatest pre-tournament markers laid down by any player I've ever seen. One last thing about about Phil. It didn't happen, and it wasn't really that close. But the fact that that he ran second at the Masters, and he played with Spieth on that Sunday, if that happened, would we still be trying to put our brains back together again to try to understand what had just transpired had he won the Masters at almost 53 off of a year of being harpooned by everybody in the world of golf. I mean, it would have been, I think his win at Kiowa was pretty spectacular. Uh, I, it, I still look at that, Tom that Watson. That would have been a, a Corn Ferry Tour win in comparison. Right. Well, I like, to, like Tom Watson in, was it 2008? Nine. He, nine. Yeah. I mean, that was, that was going to be the greatest sporting achievement of all, of all time, and it arguably still is. But, uh, yeah, I don't think we're – I don't. I think Tom Watson's win and nine would have been better than Mickelson's Not win. better, but harder for us to all try to understand Our it. heads would have exploded, exploded. If, if, if he would have won the Masters. But to what Johnson's saying, even though he finished second, um, tied for second, yes, it 
it, it wasn't anywhere close to happening. It was, he was Agreed. obviously so far back. I think he was 10 back. He, he was but, drafting Jordan Spieth he, all day. He, he was, exactly right. And then right. flipped him on the last hole. He did the Ricky Bobby uh, slingshot move. From I mean, I'll, I'll say this, Brendan. The, the guy has, more than anyone I've ever covered in golf, flipped a switch. Not for the better, in my opinion. I mean, he was our generation's Arnold Palmer with the way that he interacted with fans and just how accessible and happy it seemed that he was when red lights were on. Now this guy wants nothing to do with the media, and he is so cold and distant to a bunch of people that he considered to be his closest friends, yet his ability to still compete at this level is remarkable. If he goes to Rochester and has a chance to win, that would be one hell of a story. It's Hulk Hogan, right? It was the American mm. dream. Yeah. Well, whatever NWO, it was. And right? then straight to NWO, all dressed in black. Okay, now you're speaking the language I'm familiar with. <laughs> I mean, he, he, was a, he became I'm a villain. You. I'm yeah. with you. He became the villain. And he's, I mean, I don't know about embracing it, but uh, he seems to be getting more and more comfortable in that role. Yeah, he's it's interesting. You're right. He was maudlin and and just morose at Augusta the whole week. But he's still frisky on social media. Oh, yeah. I mean, when he's had when he's got control of the environment, which is his own environment on his device, he's he's feisty and he's mixing it up with people and he's going after Mike Wan. And there's no way in the world, by the way, that the major championships are going to have their own ranking system, as he was suggesting a few weeks ago. That's that's laughable. But he believe if he believes it in his head, he's going to say it. And uh, I'm sure that we'll hear something from him like that at Rochester next week. The um, the setup for a PGA as players explain, first of all, you're going to hear the name Kerry Haig and you're going to think, who is this guy? It's kind of like we heard the Mike Davis name for years and years, like, is he the Wizard of Oz? Who is this guy? He's the setup man. What is a Kerry Haig setup in your mind? Uh, I've always pictured the PGA Championship basically being a U.S. Open setup, but kind, right? You don't have quite as much rough. The fairways may not be quite as narrow. Greens aren't as hard. Uh, but it it's, resembles the U.S. Open setup just a little bit easier. I think I got to walk uh, Quail with Kerry Haig uh, on a on a maybe six months before the PGA Championship. He's very thoughtful in his setup. He just kind of was helping out at the club pro that I was working recently, and I, I think he's everything Mike Davis should have been, mm. like worst mm-hmm. setup guy of all time, U.S. Open to possibly the best major championship setup guy. That's interesting. Like, I never thought that Mike had that reputation until late. Like, I thought that players, Brendan, were like, wow, this guy, there's some benevolence associated with his mind and his setup. Um, And then, obviously, the calamities that happened late in his reign, most notably Oakmont in 16. And again, in Shinnecock, obviously, uh, as well. Okay, there's several. (laughs) Um, But I I, I think the, the end covered up what I thought like I thought guys liked him early no I thought Mike Davis was terrible from the start wow. I thought he was awful uh but getting back to Kerry Haig he's uh he sets up the golf course with no ego is kind of the way it feels I remember playing a practice round at Kiowa in 2012 I think it was and he was out there while we were playing a practice round and he kind of took our opinions in watched us hit a few putts to certain places and he's like you think that'd be a good spot for a pin I thought he was just kind of you know trying to be nice to us next day there was a pin right there and it it seems like it does he sets up a golf course with no ego um i would say probably the best way to put it is tough but fair 
He, um, look, as somebody, you, you run the PGA Tour Radio Network, so you're, you interface with all these organizations uh, at a level that, that is mostly about, about the broadcast. But with that comes time with people like Kerry Haig. Just mm-hmm. give me your own thoughts on him. Well, I'll tell you this. Uh, John Bodenhammer, first of all, has done a great job with the USGA the last few years relieving Mike Davis. And I, and I, I don't know this to be true, but it feels like John is, is, to Johnson's point, kind of learned from what Kerry Haig has done at, at major championships. We get great time with him going into their major, but we never get the access. Uh, we don't get the access at any other major that we get at the PGA with the person setting up the golf course. We have a Wednesday meeting every year at the PGA Championship, and Kerry Haig gives us an hour. Yep. And he goes line by line, detail by detail, of what's happening on every hole, where you can get relief, why they're setting up each hole the way they are, what their thought process was. This man's passion for his job in setting up major championships is unlike anything I've seen with the others. All the others do a great job, but they, I, the people that are setting those tournaments up seem to have other responsibilities in life. This is Gary Haig's life. I recently was down in South Florida where his office is, and he was asking me questions about Quail Hollow for 2025, to Johnson's point. Um, He's already thinking about those things. So I do think that having somebody that is so passionate about what they do, and Haig being so passionate about PGA Championships is great for this event. And I just wrote down a few, the the Justin Thomas PGA Championship at Quail Hollow, the Colin Morikawa PGA Championship at Harding Park, Brooks Kepka at Belle Reve. Mm. Um, all of those major championships were so thrilling. The Rory McIlroy in the dark at Valhalla sure. was thrilling. And each of those setups, I think, lended itself to great drama. And Kerry Haig deserves a ton of credit for how that they ended up. In the right kind of drama. You, you yeah. go to the U.S. Open in 2004 at Shinnecock. It was the wrong kind it's of drama. Ball, drama. Ball, balls wouldn't, couldn't hold the seventh green. And, and you just don't have any of those issues with the PGA Championship. To go back to Mike Davis for just one second. Sure. Do you all know what he's doing now? He's designing golf course. Yeah. <laughs> I, that's, that is that's hilarious. That's ironic to you? I mean, I don't think I would ever want to play a Mike Davis design. Sorry, Mike. I always Sorry, just, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> I always thought it would have got to the point with Mike Davis where he would have wanted to play it safe just to avoid any kind of controversy. But that never happened. There was... I don't remember the last USGA event where something weird didn't go on. Or well, you, didn't listen, happen. ultimately, what, you, you, what they, they are saying is you want the venue to win. Sure. You want, when you're done with the place, to say, man, that was awesome. And the venue was great. Instead of it to be a story about how it was compromised or a couple of its holes were unplayable. Kerry Haig, to, I can't remember ever being at a PGA championship and saying, they can't play this hole, or this is silly, or this is goofy. I've never had that thought. The only thought I've had is, man, this is dramatic down the stretch. I know that the first 69 or 70 holes of Tulsa last year didn't produce, you know, some stars, and we didn't have it. Did, it seemed a bit sleepy, but the last few holes were thrilling, and the playoff was thrilling. And we walked away from there saying, this is exactly the kind of thing you want to be saying about a PGA Championship. Yeah, I, I think I also think sometimes like we don't put enough responsibility on the players to create the drama. The setup guy can do as good a job as he can. Like, why didn't Rory contend more at at Tulsa? He opened, and he's right there. 
And then it just got flat, and he finished, I believe, tied for eighth in the event. Look, I, I'm, I'm a fan of Kerry Haig. I was lucky enough, 2011, 2012, 2013, which included Oak Hill, to do these extensive walk and talks with him for Golf Channel. And it was four hours of him identifying a handful of places on the golf course that he thought would be interesting for viewers. He is sensible and he's pragmatic and he's a very good listener. And you put all those things together, you get a setup that players are going to respond well to, not only in terms of the, where their minds are going to be like, okay, this is reasonable, and also it's accessible. Like, they're not hypersensitive to score. If Jason no. Day goes out like he did in 2015 in Whistling Straits and just fries the joint, hey, man, give it to him. That's why I like the way he does what he does and how he does it. Yeah, I think that's a great point is it's not – you don't have to be fixated with – even par, five under, or whatever, winning. Um, I will tell you that Kerry runs every part of that golf course, so you do need to stay within an arm's length of the, the rope line uh, while you're out there, Johnson, just a heads up. But I can be inside the ropes. You can be inside, but you have to be within an arm's length. That is correct. And also, don't ask him what the greens are running. Oh, championship Championship speed, speed. that's yeah, right. That's yeah. it. He will never give you a number. That's, that's his, you know, cloak and dagger kind of stuff. I will also, one other thing about Kerry Haig, if you can make Valhalla compelling, you're a magician. <laughs> and every and time by the they, way, we're going back there next year. Every Good time, grief. every time they've Last been one. there, it's been compelling. It has. Yeah. And Bob made making monkeys fly in 2000, uh, which he did. You said last time next year. If there's a God in heaven, it'll be the last yeah, time. Instead, they, they ended their relationship. Yes, yes as well they yeah. should. All right, uh, let, let's get to the field. Let's start with John Rahm. Um, John Rahm, and and we can we can talk about about Scheffler last year. It was reasonable to say he can go to Tulsa and he can do this. It is absolutely reasonable that that guy can do it, right? I would say since Rory was winning majors yeah. nine, ten years ago, that this is the biggest favorite we've had going into major championship is this one, especially with Spieth's injury to his wrist. You look back at 2002, Tiger Woods won the first two major championships that year. You go back to 2015, Jordan Spieth won the first two major championships that year. With all due respect to Jordan Spieth, Dustin Johnson left that one on the table at, at Chambers Bay, um, but he did. He won those first two major championships. We've only had two scenarios in this century yeah. where somebody's won the first two. I think this is the best chance someone has had uh, other than those two opportunities in, the tw in this century. You, you agree with that? 100%. I mean, I think everything is firing right now for John Rahm. I mean, you listen to him speak full of confidence. Um, I would be very, very surprised if he's not in the mix come late Sunday afternoon. Let me let me just say one thing, just for people going, all those years that Tiger won the Masters, the, the, the PGA wasn't second. Right. It, it was the U.S. Open. It was an additional month afterwards. Tiger in 2002 did win um, the first two legs and was going to Mirfield and was set up on a Saturday out there with O'Meara and I was walking and he shot him. He shot 81. Um, it, it, anyway, I'm with you. Do you agree that Rom, you're bullish on his chances? I mean, how can you not be? He the weekend he had at RBC didn't make a putt following the Masters was solid. I, I love the fact that he was even there uh, coming off his victory at Augusta. But then you look, he had a week off. You know he didn't want to go play Mexico, right? He needed some time off. Defending champion, I think, intentionally finishes second so he doesn't have to go back and defend <laughs> next year. And just had, <laughs> had I mean, he had his, his game is just 
it's been so consistent with the exception of a few events in Florida. Like there has not been a week that he has not played incredibly well. Second at Torrey, second in Mexico to go along with all his wins. Like Brennan said, he will be there. He will be in contention. Yeah, if he's if he's already figured out how to intentionally finish second, he's at another level. It's a great resort, but and the golf course everybody raves about. But yeah, it's in a tricky part. Uh, who's, tricky part who's, of the schedule. Who's raving about that place? The, uh, the resort's phenomenal, but yeah. the golf course is terrible. You didn't like? Oh, you been? Oh, played it last year. It's eight thousand yards. It's wide open. There's no rough. I mean, it, it, it's because you spoken like a plus, golfer. Yeah. Yeah. You can't hit it through his eyes. <laughs> yeah, <'cause he> <laughs> the bombers. Are I, hit, yeah. I hit some bombs yesterday from the white tees by the sure way. you did <laughs> rom was raving about the golf course actually uh to answer your question but i agree with you i don't think he will be going back there his form though right now to johnson's point has been terrific i'm not going to try to overthink this but he is taking two weeks off before a major championship which is a little unusual so we'll see if that has any effect but uh i'm with brendan i i'd be shocked if we don't see that this guy is in the in the mix come Sunday in Rochester. Yeah, I'm with you. I, the other thing about Ron that I appreciate is that I, I don't think that he's like averse to any type of agronomic condition. Like take him anywhere, take him to the Northeast quarter, take him to the Midwest, go out and put on Poana, go down to Florida and put on Bermuda. It doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. You can take him anywhere. He did struggle a little bit in Florida. I mean, he had that nice opening round at Bay Hill, and it's overseeded, and so is Players Championship. But Florida's about the only place that you haven't seen him dominate. That's right. Okay, fair. All right, Scotty Scheffler. Um, for all of, of, of Rom's, like, plow the field, I'm going to be in the top ten every week, like half my career already, which is stupefying. I think Scheffler doesn't get enough credit for always being right there as well. Well, he doesn't because he doesn't command any attention. We've got a guy Fair. here in Charlotte uh, that is one of the greatest NASCAR drivers of all time. Maybe you could argue the greatest in Jimmy Johnson and Scotty Scheffler. I want me. that argument. I am waiting for a NASCAR <laughs> argument on this show. I know because you're that's that's your wheelhouse. <laughs> they call me but, Gearhead Gary. But but Gary, uh, Johnson's been around <laughs> been around Jimmy just uh, been around Jimmy some. They remind me of each other a lot. Jimmy does not want any of the fame. He puts his head down. He doesn't seek attention. Scotty's a lot like that. And I think that's one of the re I think that's the biggest reason why we don't talk about him very much is because he's just not a charismatic guy that's going to go out of his way to force his personality on the public. Um, but we should because you're right. He's one of the two best players walking the earth. I do wonder about his confidence level with his putter right now because mm. you saw some frustration from him at Augusta National. I think you hit the nail on the head, though, where you said he wants it that way. He yeah. wants to come in under the radar. He wants to be able to sneak in there, come win the big events. He, he doesn't want to be that guy that's having to do with all the media obligations and having to handle this. Um, I, I agree with you, though, with the putter. We haven't seen Scotty with a lot of frustration at any point in these last few years, and it, it was visible at Augusta. It really was. I mean, geez, he missed a bunch of putts. Um, but again, I think he's another one of those guys. Come late Sunday, he will be around. Mm -hmm. I, I don't think he's going to get this done, but I do think he will be around late Sunday afternoon. Yeah, he's going to be around for sure. And he, that putting frustration carried over to RBC the next week. He didn't make anything, but continues just to hit it unbelievably well. That's why you see him in the top 10 every week, even when he putts poorly, because he strikes it so good. Two weeks off, he's going to play at home. And Byron Nelson this week coming up. Uh, I think he's going to be sharp and, and ready. And I, I, I mean, he's always there. 
When was Always. the last time, when was the last time he wasn't there? The CJ Cup last October. His worst finish. <laughs> his worst finish in 2023 is a tie for 12th That's at the ridiculous. Genesis. His worst. And and you're right, like his frustration, yeah, like he he's like more animated than he's been. I have no problem with that. I never find him to be self-defeating. It's kind of, you know, Rom was more animated when he when he run, when he read lines. You absolutely know it. You got to yeah. really be paying attention to Scheffler. Um, I would make him absolutely. Would you make him one of the two favorites? Scotty Scheffler? Yes. Oh, yeah. I'd make Rom the favorite. You would. Those two, yeah. one and two in the world, would be your two favorites. They, they would, but I, I will tell you, I'm picking neither one of them to win. Okay. And we may be going down that road. Because you're picking Kepka? <laughs> no. Uh, but I know we're going to go down that road probably in just a moment. Yeah. But it's based off of something that Brendan said earlier about how I think that, the, that Oak Hill and the setup of the golf course brings more people into the field. But I do, I expect both of them to be effect, to be factors next week. Okay, when you found out that Spieth has a bad left wrist, you were seen weeping in the fetal position uh, because you're so just in the bag for the guy. Uh, you were dying lousy that he went around the weekend at Quail. You wanted him to stay in the room with your son and the Are other you sure twin that's bed. the reason he was weeping? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I do love Jordan so, no, Speed. Now, now, seriously, this is an issue. We hope he can go. And he's having just, I, I think you tell me otherwise, I thought Quayle was a, just an aberration. Um, he, the guy's had a very, very solid year and has been right in the throes of it. He's got five top six finishes and really legitimately in contention in most of those weeks. But the wrist... So how do how do you assess this whole thing? You really want this may blow your mind here a little bit, but uh, the wrist I think it's a good thing he's taking not playing Dallas. Okay. I think it's I think it's something that's not if he if if it was the PGA going on right now he would be playing. Mm -hmm. But I think it's been a very tough decision for him to play Quail or Byron. I think this is the best possible thing for him to get some rest going into the PGA Championship. So I think the wrist injury is serious. But I think it's it, it's coming at a good time, and it's a nice excuse for him not to play the bike. Okay, so so no hesitation on the way you will assess his chances next week because he because this is a real thing. Oh. If it wasn't, he'd be playing. He loves the event. Uh, oh, for and it's, sure. It's his sponsor. No doubt about it. Yeah. No doubt about it. I think it's a it was, I think it was a really tough decision for him to pull out. But I, I think that if it was the PGA Championship this week, he would be playing. Fair. What do you think about Spieth? Well, obviously you hope it's precautionary is why he, why he pulled out. But I, I got to see a lot of him last week at Quail, and the driver was off. I know we haven't seen much of that this year. But now if he's got a wrist injury, he's not going to be able to work on that this coming week at home. So now does he come in having driven the ball really poorly at Quail Hollow, not being able to work at it for a week, and then having to play a major championship right after that? Yeah, but he... He's driven the ball very poorly at times. I think at Augusta and at RBC, even Valspar, he drove it pretty good. But early in the year on the West Coast, he was all over the map. Pebbled, couldn't hit a fairway, blocked it on nine at Sony Open, so far right. I mean, he went from co-leader to missing the cut exclusively because of his driver and maybe a little bit of his putter too. But at Quail, you know it. If you get out of position or on that golf course, even if you have the wedge game like Jordan Spieth, you cannot get up and down with the conditions that Quail was playing in. If you are in the wrong position, you are going to bogey yourself to death. And, and Jordan's creativity, just uh, Quail's not a great fit for him. Well, that's because Quail is a major championship venue, and so is Oak Hill. So if he's going to Oak Hill driving the ball like that again, 
even the magician he is, is he going to be able to play that play that place? Yeah, there, there's going to be, you know, Quayle had no rough for the Wells Fargo. Um, Oak Hill's going to have rough. Um, and, and it's going to be appreciable enough that it's a factor if you're driving it errantly. And then if you've got a bad left wrist, I, I hate it for him. I really do. Yeah. And I, I, I hope that he's good enough to go that he can do this. I want to ask you about his chances at this championship overall. Um, because the, the Rory Masters thing is, it's got a life of its own. This doesn't get the attention, and it's understandable. I went to Dallas right after he won the Open Championship in 2017, was right after Justin Thomas won at Quail Hollow and won the PGA Championship. And he said to me, of all the majors that I have to win to complete the career Grand Slam, this is going to be the hardest one. And I'm like, why? Because it's, it just happens to be that it's now the one that you need. He said, no, the setup. And I'm like, really? You, you finished second in 2015. He finished third, by the way, at Bethpage in 2019. And by the way, I was at the time following him for like charting every shot of every round for him because he was historically bad for someone who had already been historically great. That's one of the great magician acts I've ever seen. He hit like nine good shots in 72 holes and finished tied for third. What about him in this championship? I think that ultimately he's going to win this you at, do. at some point in the next 15 years. In fact, if I, if, if I were to pick, predict whether Rory completes the career Grand Slam or Spieth completes the career Grand Slam, after what I witnessed this year at Augusta National, as much of a Rory believer as I've always sure. been, I think that it is such a mental hurdle for him to play well there at Augusta National that Spieth is going to have a better chance. And I, I really thought he had a realistic chance going into this PGA Championship. But with this uncertainty of the wrist, I, I just I would need to see him play a little bit, obviously on Thursday, Friday, before I would uh, pick him to win. Um, but I do. I think based off of what you just said and the better ball striking that he has shown the last couple of months, if this guy becomes more comfortable with his entire game throughout the bag until he gets around the green for the next few years to come, I think he's going to have a real chance. Golfers, every single golfer on the PGA Tour has dealt with a wrist issue, okay? I've had multiple cortisone shots into my left wrist. I'm sure he's already had one. It takes a couple days for that to kind of wear off and the pain to stop. And then he's going to be able to practice at the end of this week. He's going to be able to get ready for the PGA. The wrist issue, let's not make a bigger deal out of it than it is. Well, I hope he, I, listen, I hope he's right about that. And it's great to hear that because uh, I think we all win. If he's, if he's, if he's a factor next week... And we oh, all we all win. Oh, he's going to be a factor. <laughs> you heard it here from. You know what? I've, I just uh, texted under the table here to our producers. Johnson Wagner will be on course following Jordan Spieth on Friday. I, I, I am. I am the uh, secretary of the Studio Golf Channel Jordan Spieth fan club. I'm really, secretary. there's competition yeah. up there. I know some of the other in the bag honks uh, for Spieth, <laughs> similar to you. And listen, I, I, I'm I, I'm a huge admirer. He's 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 special. And when he's special, it's fun as hell. And I hope he can be in the mix. How about what he said about Rory and Augusta or Spieth? Okay, so we go from Oak Hill, we go to Valhalla. Then we come to Quail. And then beyond that, it's Aronimink outside of Philadelphia. Then after that, it's Frisco, which is a de facto home game for him. And then it's the Olympic Club. Again, we're, we're talking about venues where he really doesn't have any history to speak of. But the championship of him winning a PGA before Rory wins the Masters, which one would you take? 
I would go with Rory. You would? Yeah, just and just for the fact that they go back to Augusta year after year and does have that familiarity with the golf course. Okay, now this is going to be maybe the hardest thing you've ever <laughs> oh, answered boy. in your life. Oh, boy. Because you're in the I'm bag gonna, for I'm, both I'm of gonna them. Sh- I'm going to shock you. <laughs> I'm going to go differently. John Rahm's going to complete the career grand slam before either wow. of them. Wow. How about that? Wow. Except, it, well, <laughs> that being said, Jordan's going to win the PGA next week. So. No, but I, I, do, I, do, I, do think, I do think Rahm's going to complete it before either of them. Wow. Yeah. Um, do you think Rom gets another really one this year? He, Whichever one I was really is. hoping he was going to say Phil's going to win the LACC <laughs> this year. D- does Rom get any of the other majors? If it could be next week, he's winning another one this year. Absolutely, absolutely. I, I, agree. I agree with that. Yeah, yeah. Um, you think um, he's winning another one? Do you? I don't. I don't. Just cause I'm, I'm, just I'm so not hard. playing against him because he is a bull, man, and I love him. I'm just playing the odds. That's all I'm doing. I'm not playing against his chances. I'm playing I'm playing the field and the oddities that happen and how infrequently this happens. I mean, think about two major championship seasons. He, that that those are great points, but his, he's having his historically great year. No doubt. And if you look at Tiger's greatest years ever, this is in this is in line with Tiger's second, third, fourth greatest year he's ever had. What Rom is doing in the last 52 weeks. And if that continues for the rest of 2023, he's going to give himself two or three more chances in major championships. And I think he'll he'll win at least one of them. And look, at, look at the guys that he, when he hasn't won this year, Torrey Pines, who beat him, Max Homa. Uh, Phoenix, a couple weeks later, Scotty Sheffield yep. beat him. Last week in Mexico, Tony Finau beat him. Like the guys that when he's playing good, the guys that can beat him are it's such a small number of players, and it's the best players in the game. No doubt. If you looked at the list of people in total that have beat him because he's always in the top 10, it's a finite number of players. There's no doubt. What is the best story for golf in winning next week? Who would it be? Who is the best winner for the game of men's professional golf next week is it rory is it spieth in the career grand slam is it rom carrying it to la and tinseltown and three in a row is it phil well you said best Um, that's right that would be biggest (laughs) spieth biggest biggest can be best but in that case it wouldn't be the career grand still. slam. I mean, it, it, ha- yeah, it has yeah. happened so infrequently. We've got these guys that are on the precipice. Like, I, I just, I think that's the story. Okay. I agree. It has to be. Speak the, the career grand slam. I, mean, I, I would say that Rory would be second on the list. I'm with you. Over yeah. Rom, even though it would be two in a row and he would take he just carries he carry He carries so much. Speak's the biggest story. I'm not arguing that. But I would say then it would be Rory because of how much weight and significance and popularity he has all over the world. I don't expect it to happen, though. Uh, okay, so let's get to Rory since he, he out and out just dismissed him. And I get it. I get it. It's hard to believe that we would dismiss this guy who is, you know, one of the five best players in the world. He may not be right now. I don't think he currently is. Um, and he's going to a place you go, okay, man, this is right in his wheelhouse. And whether you think the, the connection of his family and an honorary membership at Oak Hill matters at all, what's up with him? Let me preface it with this. I am a massive Rory fan. Oh, here comes something good. Here comes (laughs) Absolutely love. Outside of Tiger Woods, Rory is the best player that I've ever played with. I can honestly say that. But I uh, I was down in St. Augustine last week doing PGA Tour Live. And 
obviously when Rory's there, he's going to be in one of the featured groups, marquee groups. Got to see every shot he hit last week. He is making, and, and I'll give him a pass. He was a little bit rusty. He had taken two weeks off. Maybe the first round is a pass, but he is making so many mental errors, so many unforced errors on the golf course. So you look back. Rory hasn't won a major since 2014. Rory. A historically long gap. You can look at all great players who went from four to five. Never took this long. Never. Rory won all four majors with JP on the bag. Rory has since hired a friend first, caddy second, and Harry Diamond. I don't know Harry well. I'm sure Harry's a great guy, but he is a friend first, caddy second. I think Rory needs somebody on the golf course that's going to hold him accountable. Somebody that's going to tell him, hey, listen, we are going to hit this 15 feet right of the hole. He needs somebody that's going to, if he dumps it in the bunker with a wedge, is going to tell him, hey, listen, you're one of the best players in the world. That doesn't need to be happening. Somebody that's going to hold him really, really accountable. I dig it. I'm, I'm in the same boat. JP, how do you, the caddy's such an important teammate out there major i can't i'm not going to speak of contending in majors but i can only imagine contending in pga tour events if i didn't have matt hauser stephen hale on the bag if it was my brother my brother would have crum- i mean sorry brother but tj would have crumbled under the pressure and, and having a guy that's been there done that makes a huge difference i, I you said it before we started I, i'm i'm in complete agreement think what a statement that would send if roy mcelroy showed up an event with steve williams on his back mm. I mean, a statement to everybody else, like, listen, I, I'm ready to do this. And I mean, I, I was lucky enough to be out with Steve quite a few times. And I remember one time, I won't go off on too much of a tangent. We were at the players. He was getting for Adam Scott. And it was the day that the, the, uh, the PJ Tour had lost the golf course. The greens? They lost the greens. And Steve told Adam, they stood in the fairway, he says, we're going to hit this 15 feet left of the hole. Mm-hmm. We're going to hit this here. We're going to hit this here. And it was just aim and shoot. And I think Rory needs something like that. And he makes so many unforced errors on the golf course. And now, luckily enough, doing this PGA Tour Live, we get to watch a whole round of golf. And you're sitting there as a Rory fan, and you just pull your hair out. I, That's and an I, extraordinary and, accomplishment. By the way, I'm in, the, I'm, in the, I'm, in the, <laughs> I'm in that camp as well as somebody that is a big believer in him sure. and, and admire him greatly. I completely agree with what Brendan said about his mental focus right now. At least in Charlotte this past week, he was not locked in. Not locked in the way he is when he competes or he contends and wins tournaments, which is why I don't expect him to contend or win the PGA Championship. He had 20 fairways over the course of four days. Uh, That's just not enough. I don't care what golf course you're playing. That's not enough to contend and win at a major championship. I think he's going through a hard reset right now of what he's looking forward to. He's often talked about how he always needs a carrot dangling out there mm. to look forward to. He's got plenty of FedEx Cup titles. He doesn't, if he wins another one, he's not gonna turn it down, but he's not thinking I need to win we'll one of those. Nothing That'll change nothing about change nothing about it. I think that he needs to find motivation right now. And interestingly enough if he wins another major championship i think that would give him a chance to win the masters i don't think he will win the masters before winning another i agree i think that's that would really needs to happen but as for what those guys are saying about the caddy uh, i will tell you that his whole camp is adamantly opposed to this idea Um, but it is a fascinating 
argument that they bring up about having somebody, I don't appreciate the TJ Wagner shots that Johnson just threw out there, but I think it's an interesting idea of having somebody, the best Steve Williams story I've ever heard was the putt that Adam Scott made uh, on the 18th green at Augusta National when Adam said, I think this is a ball out. And Steve said, Adam, it's two balls out. And he said, are you sure? I'm sure it's two balls out. And he did it and, he, and it went in. And, you know, would Harry Diamond say that to Rory McIlroy? In defense of Harry, he is somebody that is giving him a lot of input. He just does it very quietly. You can't hear it. You can't hear it the way you can hear a Michael Greller or some other caddies out there. He's just not nearly as loud. He's sort of whispering to him. Um, is he demonstrative enough? I mean, that's a fair question. Uh, I, I wonder if that change will ever happen with Rory McIlroy. But for the reasons that they mentioned about mental approach right now, um, I, I don't expect Rory to be a factor at Oak Hill. You know, th this is really interesting because um, we all agree that he is exceedingly approachable for someone who has the status he has in the game. He's so willing to share his thoughts. Um, he has sensibilities about him that I find to be rare uh, for, for somebody who does what he does. I mean, the conversations that you, the three of us had just right. in a practice round in Charlotte last week, there, there aren't five guys on tour that would have those types of conversations. Uh, agreed. Um, and I, I walked probably half the holes with him and saw a lot of those unforced errors. I mean, middle of the fairway on one. Middle of the fairway with a wedge in his hand and he's 20 yards short. Two, first cut. Had to be 118 to that back pin. Blows it over the green, and they're looking at each other. And I'm like, God, that's confounding. But here's the thing about, about the whole idea of, of deferring to somebody, and particularly a caddy. Many years ago, when he was playing in the Irish Open with JP on his bag, he made a really, really reckless choice and hit in the water. And Jay Townsend, who was on the broadcast, said, you know, he's really got to you know, he's, he's really got to listen to his caddy right there. And Roy heard that, and he called Jay Townsend a failed golfer, and he said, he's my caddy, he's not my dad. And that stuck with me, that there is a, there's a righteousness about his decision-making, about the things that he chooses to do, particularly on the golf course. I'm not saying that's not a plausible idea. I just wonder how accepting you would be of somebody who has that kind of those kind of bona fides, whether it's Bones, whether it's Joe LaCava, whether it's someone like Steve Williams. And again, there are more caddies who have, you know, the goods like that. It's he's won a lot of golf tournaments with Harry on his bag. He has. But but there is a there is a head scratching component to watching him play at times that you go, Good Christ, man, what are you doing? Well, that's Rory's gonna win tournaments with, with Johnson on the back. I mean, it's he, he's that good. I'm a heck of a caddy, by the way. <laughs> he is that good. It doesn't matter who's on his back. He is going to win tournaments. But the big tournaments, I mean, it's not an accident that Scotty Scheffler hires a, a Ted Scott. Ted's yeah. won a couple majors. Joe LaCava, Patrick Cantlay goes and hires Joe LaCava. We know what Joe LaCava's done. You know, it, it's not an accident. And... I don't know. I, I just I watched him play, and it, and it was it was infuriating. I, I mean, listen, Austin Johnson is Dustin Johnson's caddy, and Austin is a, a great guy, but he's his brother, and he's not going to be adamant or demonstrative out there, and he's not going to tell Dustin to do something Dustin doesn't want. And Dustin's won a couple of majors. To Brendan's point, Rory has that kind of talent, like DJ has. For sure, he's going to win no matter who's on his bag. I would prefer uh, the best players in the world use someone like you guys are describing and when you're talking about who that person is adam hayes to me 
is exactly the kind of caddy you would want. John Rahm's the best player in the world. I would argue Adam Hayes might be the best caddy in the world. And I think that that combination is serving the number one player in the world incredibly well right now. And if there is a moment at Oak Hill or at LACC or at Liverpool this summer where John Rahm is trying to figure out what to do, Adam Hayes is going to give his opinion whether John likes it or not. Yeah, one other thing you guys tell me as players, um, look, most players have a, have a very finicky relationship with their putter. He changes a ton. I mean, he went from the blade, that Anzer-style look at Augusta National, back to the spider look this past week. Okay, that's one thing. But, but the wedge setup. And then, and then we've talked about the driver this year. There's a finicky thing, I think, going on with him finding comfort with, with his equipment that seems to be frustrating as hell for him. Yeah, he's searching, right? I mean, yeah. it's, it's clear. I think, I think he plays a, an inferior golf ball, in my opinion, as well. And I think that has a lot to do with trying to change your, your, your grooves and your wedges and your driver and your shaft. I think when you play a ball that doesn't do what it's supposed to do all the time, I think that leads to a lot of indecision when it comes to equipment. All right, let's, let's get to a few other guys before we put a bow on this thing. You mentioned, you mentioned Tony Finau's name about him winning in Mexico. Max Homa. Um, Tony has a, a you know more distinguishable record in major championships than Max. Give me the player that you feel is ready to be in the in the throes of it late, who hasn't won a major before, starting at Oak Hill. Who would it be? Um, I, I really liked Max at the Masters, but I think he has kind of cooled off a little bit. Has not been played pretty lackluster event here at Quail Hollow. Um, I, I, I'm I'm going to go with Cam Young. Okay. I mean, I just, I'm bullish on him. It worked him. out well with your pick at Wells. <laughs> I was in the same boat, by the way. His neck was bothering him a little bit last week. Yeah, and he was, he was I saw him after the round on Sunday, and, and just such a good family. Yeah. And he's going back, he's going to have a ton of support in New York. Yep. Grew up, you know, not real close to Rochester, but I think he's, he's the one I'm By the way, to Sori, another example of somebody with, you know, the goods to stand tall in a moment of truth. Well, and for he a had player. he had Chad Reynolds last year's rookie year. Chad's yeah. an incredible caddy. No, no I doubt. Don't, I don't know. I'm not going to pretend to know what happened there, but uh, I, I think I think Tesori is going to be a great addition to that team. Yeah. So Cam Young for you as somebody who can break through. Obviously, you know, Open Championship, PGA at Southern Hills. He's shown that he can he can stand tall. Give me a guy. I'm going to go with someone that's a little bit more of a dark horse. Corey Connors. Mm. More, more so for this golf course. I think he's one of those guys. That's like a, cool weather. Yeah, he's, he's not scared <laughs> of the cool weather, but a point A to point B player. I would not be at all surprised to see him show up this yeah, weekend. Yeah, I like that. I like that. I think that whoever wins this event is going to be someone that is not an obvious choice. We haven't had one of those in quite some time. I, I don't know that I would put Gary Woodland on that list, but that's the last one where it wasn't a top 10 player or an obvious choice mm. going into a major championship. Phil Mickelson certainly wasn't a top 10 player two years ago when he won the PGA Championship, but he was such an accomplished player, and he's overall one of the 10 best players of all time. So we haven't had somebody that no one's thinking about. Was Fitzpatrick an obvious choice for you guys? At, at that US golf Open? course? Yeah, he won the okay. U.S. Amateur. Fair, there. fair. Yeah. And, okay. and, and he was in the last group at the PGA championship a month before. Yep. So, you know, he, he, he had shown some form in major championships. I'm going with Sahith Thagala to win the PGA championship. I think that we're going to get now. 
I think it's going to be a story like that. Maybe it's not Sahith that it ends up winning yeah. it. But uh, to to what Brendan was saying about Corey Connors, it wouldn't surprise me if ultimately it is a ball striker that hits a ton of fairways, that always knows where it's going, that ultimately wins at Oak Hill next week. Give me uh, just uh, so... So Finau, even though he just recently won, totally different set. I get it, but but Tony has shown he's coming along in majors. N- not n- not feeling the love for him. I, I just his, how about the toe of his putter? How I know, do you feel and, about I, that? and I had an extensive conversation with his caddy, Mark Urbanic, about it on Sunday morning, and with Boyd Summerhays' coach, and and it's like a comfort thing. He's, he he likes to be comfortable when he's over the ball, and I'm like, well, have you thought about flattening the putter a little bit? It looks awful on TV, and when he misses putts, he misses them left, and I, I just think in the heat of a major championship, unless he gets his mechanics fixed, I just don't see him doing it. I would love to see Tony win. I just don't see it. How about Xander Shoffley? How about Patrick Cantlay? Uh, two guys who have been in the in in the mix in major championships. Well, of all the big fish, Xander was the one that I was considering the most. He's just always around the leaderboard, it seems. But there there seems to be maybe a little mental hurdle that he's got to get over in major championships. I've done a ton of interviews with him on Friday afternoons or Saturday afternoons or Sunday afternoons at majors and immediately is so critical of himself. And I just wonder if that's if that's a factor in major championships for him. Okay, well then uh, how about the defending champion? Showed signs, you know, he's employing aim point, uh, aim point express slash slow down. Uh, Justin Thomas, any thoughts on him? <laughs> uh, he's been too inconsistent this year. I know he had a nice start to his Sunday at Quail Hollow. But he got he, it to 12 and retreated. And then when I went to go watch him with a friend, Jeff Thomas, the other JT, we uh, yes. we, we brought we brought him bad luck and he just started making bogeys. But um, I, don't, I, don't, I don't like JT's chances. He's not going to repeat. I, I think the putter's been shocking this year for JT. He's, I mean, so far down the putting stats. Um, no, I don't think so. I'm not bullish on him at all. Okay, so let's go around the horn. You gave your pick to win. Who, who do you think's winning? Brooks Kepka. Wow. Wow. I really do. I, I mean, I think it's going to set the cat amongst the pigeons. First live Perfectly tour player stated. in history. Yeah. Would not be surprised at all. We'll, we'll send you a selfie from uh, Rome, Johnson, if that happens. <laughs> <laughs> if he wins, the door is ajar yeah. for him to get to Rome. Uh, Scotty Scheffler. Scheffler. He's too good of a ball striker. Point A to point B. He hits it long enough to attack par fives. He doesn't miss a lot of fairways, greens, and and he's going to figure out the putter. Yeah, I'm picking Scheffler as well. I picked him to win the Masters. I said he would go back to back. I'm going back to the well. I I just, I'm with you. I I think that he is, first of all, anybody who every single week, no matter where they play, West Coast, East Coast, Florida, Midwest, um, is always right there, Um, I'm picking him. Yeah, I think he's going to, you know, again, and now we're, it's interesting, like, we all believe, like, Rom is now either a PGA or an Open Championship away from being on the doorstep. We could have a handful of guys with a ton of years of real good chances with a chance to add their name to a list that we haven't added a name 
since since 2000, and that was Tiger. If, if Ron does slam. win the PGA yeah. Championship, as you're suggesting, and as Johnson is forecasting, no, in I the said Scheffler. I said Scheffler. No, no, but if the the yes. point that you just yeah, made yeah. happens, yes. and as he said, the next person to complete the career Grand Slam, he's predicting is Rom. If he does, in fact, win at Southern Hills, that gives a huge identity to the Open Championship at Liverpool. Big time. No doubt about it. So because he would be trying to complete the career Grand Slam there, and and the folks in Rochester only hopes only hope that the temperature is as warm next week as it will be in Liverpool in July. How many layers are you bringing? Uh, I am bringing a ski, I'm bringing my <laughs> ski gear. I don't have as many cardigans as you do, but I, I'm bringing my. No one does. <laughs> yeah, I'm bringing my ski Caribbean gear. cardigans, by the way. They're yeah. not just any old cardigan. I did want to just I, I, Johnson and I talked. I'm very before. proud of you. You're Thank wearing you. the five clubs. Johnson and I did talk beforehand. We were going to pick Tiger Woods to win the PGA Championship. <laughs> we decided against it. It sucks. It sucks yeah. that, that that you know we're we're we're. I love having these conversations with you guys. It's unfortunate that, that we're not going to be able to assess, like him being in L.A. Yeah. With everybody else on a golf course, that if it's bouncing and firm, I'd say, you know what, he could, but you know what, it's not happening. We'll, we'll, we'll save that discussion for 24. Uh, you're going. Uh, you're you're going you're to stay home for I'm gonna the PGA? I'm going to stay home. I'll watch a little bit of it, yep. Okay. All right. Our picks are in. Gentlemen, thank you. Thank you. It's always great having you, boys, as always. And for all of us.